It's been a while. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. June 14th, 2022, the last week of spring. That's Ian Ferguson. It is. I'm Pat Contra. On the show today, we'll be talking about lots of good things like the Beth Esda event, the Summer Games Fest as well. Intellivision breaks its silence, breaks the darkness. Other good stuff, Patreon poll topic. Uh, Ian discussed pinball a lot on the exclusive. Yeah. The exclusive we Patreon talked. podcast at patreon.com slash podcast. Talked about the just announced uh, Toy Story 4 uh, table by Jersey Jack. Jersey Jack. I met Jersey Jack 10 years ago. And then we spiraled into other machines. Very nice person, Jersey Jack. Yeah. How was how was your uh, how was your weekend? Oh, it was it was good. It was dandy. It was great. I went to uh, we've got a friend who lives here who's moving out of town at the end of the month, um, and their girlfriend actually came into town because um, it's her birthday week. Um, so I went to the zoo with them, and uh, it was one of the first times in a long time where we did where I did basically. Everything. The four-hour... The, the four-hour... Double track down, go to Africa, come back around. Yes. Yeah. It's about four hours to see everything except the kids' stuff. Yeah, and that's that's what it was. The uh, What we missed was the kids' stuff because... Uh, I, I, the kids' stuff is not just kids' stuff, but that's the, the base camp is the new area there, mm-hmm. and it's just wildly crowded right now anytime you go. Yeah, they got the bugs there. They got the uh, got the lizards and reptiles and snakes and the Komodo. They have two Komodo dragons. They've, got, two of them. they've got some new desert stuff, too, including a fennec fox. Oh. Yeah, which I oh. really want to go see. Okay. They're cute. They're adorable. Yeah. The, Ar- so, the Arctic fox wasn't there anymore. They replaced the Arctic fox by yeah. the polar bear. Um, so yeah, that was really fun. I was just, I was worn out. We went to, uh, Obi noodle house that night for dinner. One great, or two. Great stuff. The first one. I don't ever go to the second one. Too loud. It's, the first one's pretty loud too, but uh, the second one's way too loud. I remember the first time I, I went to the Obi noodle house too. This was like eight years ago when it first opened, whenever it was, it was a, it was a meeting with a gal and I sat at the bar and I just remember the bartender being super obnoxious and like teasing me in front of her and i i like snapped at him during it because because mm. i wasn't drinking i was driving i was like yeah, i'm not drinking right and he's like oh everyone this guy's having water and anything i fucking said i i didn't make a scene but i i said something to him i, I basically said like don't fucking test me it was really fucking weird sorry about that Ian. no uh, i mean that's that's a really bad look for a fucking bartender too it was it was like it was almost like trying bartenders to look, are supposed like, to keep everything responsible if someone's there being responsible and tells you they're the dd you don't fucking make fun of them for it it was one of those sort of things where he was like doing it trying to like maybe look bad in front of the, the 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 woman i was with it was like one of those sort of fucking alpha sort of attempts weird and like i don't usually get at people i don't know but like that was it sorry Ian, go on uh, no, that's bad, bad memory. So that was good. Uh, next day, we went to uh, Yakudori and got Yakitori, which is like the grilled skewers of meat. Skewers are good. Yeah, they're so good. As Frank would say, skewers. You want some skewers? And then uh, yesterday, we played D&D. It was the first time we've played D&D in almost two months. It's just been really tough getting people together. I know, I know you're not been into the, the the stranger things that much but the backbone of the show is basically D. oh yeah, I, i'm aware of and, that yeah and in the um the new season they, they're in high school there's a club so like part of the uh, first second episode they're actually playing in the club with the oh club. that's it's, cool it's cool 
Because they, um, they actually have a discussion about, do we go for it? Do we roll the dice against the, you know, against the monster? And it, it's, like, entertaining. Um, they have the whole board set up nice and everything. They, the they, do some, they do some tying in of that in the pinball machine as well. The, the match, you know, the match at the end, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's a dice, dice roll. rolling. And then there's four dice that you light up at the bottom. And if you light them all up, you get the spell of protection. And if you drain, it puts you back into the game. In, in this season, which takes place at spring of 86... Uh, they build in some of that satanic panic stuff with like, oh, D and D's. That's know, see, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So they built in some of that into the plot. Um, so you know that that's the, what's not so clever about it, which I never brought up until now, is that they have two Nintendo references in the summer, uh, excuse me, spring of '86 in the show. Exactly. I, I thought you what, brought that up last not the, week. Not on the podcast. Uh, okay, must have been uh, when we were talking. So I don't usually get on them for the anachronisms, but in, in the spring of '86. The NES was not a thing known to most people right? Uh, in the U.S. It was still getting rolled out to, like, uh, you know, L.A. and getting out to other areas. If you're in Indiana, you have no fucking clue about the NES, the middle of nowhere. Sure. There's no way for you to know about it. None. And so there's been two references in the first uh, several episodes. Uh, the first is the – this is what makes it weird. The adult, uh, the guy who they introduced in season three, who, who's like the conspiracy theorist guy, which is – he's a great actor. I don't know who he is. Um, he's like kids today. They're they're doing all this stuff and they're playing their Nintendo. And I'm like, that's something you would have said like three four years later. Sure. Once it's like not in '86. You would have said you would have said Atari because Atari is still like the predominant thing. And then um, um, one of the four's little sister, um, she she says, "If I do this for you, I want a Nintendo with Duck Hunt." And it's like, come on, man, like. It's so on the nose, and I usually don't get after it. But even if they waited another year for like the last season to to throw, they blew their wad on the Nintendo references a year too early. Right. Like the two writers, the Duffer, they're not from the U.S. They probably don't know any better. But like someone should have said, "Listen, guys, you got one shot. This you got to do Nintendo stuff in '87 because that's going to be the last uh, last season, not '86." That's the only thing that annoying me so far about this season. Sorry, Ian. Nah, I mean, that's your thing. Um. So yeah, what did you do this weekend? I don't know. What I I looked at Nintendo uh, card N sixty four cards for like nine hours, double checking. That's what I did this weekend. <laughs> All right, that's, that's what I did. Uh, one thing I've wanted to mention for a few weeks now, and I haven't yet, um, is Retrobit is doing a release of Avenging Spirit. And while we usually mention the Retrobit stuff, we're both pretty happy with like everything that comes out. Quality is great. Quality stuff. is good. Reasonable uh, prices. This is a big one for me because it actually is one of the few systems I still buy stuff for. It's hilarious how people think that like I have a massive video game collection. It's very Who funny that, to me. I, I, you always see that shit in like, the comments sections. Like, oh, these guys with their big collections. You know, it's like I have under 400 games. I don't see those comments. I don't look for the trolls. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. I do still buy a lot of stuff for Game Boy. Anyway. Avenging Spirit is a game I've always wanted. I'm just not willing to pay the price of it. Um, I haven't so, heard of it. So this is a fantastic reissue to see. Uh, it's aimed right at my heart, and I'm uh, definitely going to pick that up. I would love to see... Um, it's not It's not Jalico, but I would love to see Trip World... Um, come out. That's Sunsoft. If they're going to do more Game Boy stuff, and there's also I can't I can never remember the name. There's a Jellico game that stars a car that looks a bit like the City Connection car, but it's a platformer. Okay. Uh, and I can never remember the name. 
since they've got clearly got the Jellico license here, I would I would love to see that. Um, is this like uh, this only came out in in Europe? Is this like like the Mister gimmick of of the Game Boy? No, basically? it came out here. Oh, it did. It I'm, came out I'm, here with like really really awful uh, art that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, there's none available to buy on eBay. It's that hard to find, at least from the U.S. I'm looking at it. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, I, I can't. Oh, I, there is one that's sold. It's a detective on it. Yeah, but it's a ghost. Yes. Why did they change it to a detective? Um, because you you do play as a detective at at, at various points in it. It's a, it's a oh it's a guy with, it's a gangster with a Tommy gun yeah. on the cover. Basically, you play as a ghost and you can possess different characters. Oh, and that's why wouldn't you push the cute little ghost character? Come on, um, that should be in the forefront. What I did not know is that it started as an arcade game. Okay. I actually had no idea that that was the so case. So it looks like this has sold, a bunch of these sold probably when they announced this, because it looks like a bunch sold in uh, March, April. So but they, they're, they, they, they're, they come up for sale. One went for 1300 complete, um, and then cart only between, looks like 100 and 150 yeah. for the cart. So, okay. See, that's that's the spirit, no pun intended, of, of doing these remakes. You should do it for these good games that no one knew about or were tough to find. And are expensive. That's this. Yeah, I, I don't always want to sound like I'm bashing on them because I like a lot of the music releases. But the like the the this isn't retrobit. But the other company that's done re-releases of like Lion King and Mega Man Two. It's I just oh I am eight bit. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. get it. They're, well, they're overpriced. That's the problem yes. too. They're like way overpriced for what you get. Uh, these sets usually are pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. they send it to us every once in a while. Um, uh, my pal Brent Brennelfloss, ten year anniversary, ten year anniversary this year of Nintendo Hemian Rhapsody. Holy shit, I'm old. Um, remember we did that for the I, the marathon. Yeah. It, was, it was a tier. Um, yep. He's he uh, he's produced a, a, a party game that's done very well. It's very uh, good called Use Your Words. The sequel Use Your Words Two is now on Kickstarter. There's about two weeks left. Uh, if you if you're into like the Jackbox or the party games, uh, like check it out. It's one of those sort of things where. You sync it up with your phone, but you play it on Steam. And there was a Switch version that came out. But originally, it was Wii U. Then they, because that's how long ago it was when the Wii U was still around. Jeez. And then it went to Switch. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's uh, they're very, very well done games. They're fun. I've played them before. Uh, you want to talk? You want to talk summer games best, Ian? Uh, so I, this stuff is I, at this point, I feel like a little outside of our wheelhouse. Um, but Summer Games Fest, which is kind of like E3 light, it's the Jeff Keeley. It might take it over. Yes. I mean, I, I, I mean uh, yeah. Jeff Keeley was licking his lips when E3 said that was not happening this year. He literally tweeted something like with an emoji saying, like, ha 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 ha. Uh, it's my time now. So some of the big things that have been announced are bigger things um, are the Last of Us uh, remake. Um, which I think is that's awful. Like we just got the remaster for PS4, and and someone made a great tweet this morning that I saw, and it's like they understand and respect all the people who are doing this, but if we're just reiterating games to get slightly better technology on them and telling the same stories over and over again, it's it's a ten year old game, right? How old is it? It's not that old. I don't know how long old the first one is, because uh, the first one came out on PS3. Then they did the remaster on PS4, and then they just did this. They're 2013. This. The first one? Yeah. Mm, okay. 2013, PS3. Okay. And then PS4 was a year later, 2014. So we're talking um, nine years. Within nine, nine years, years, they've made three, they're made three versions of this fucking and eight game. eight years for the PS4. 
Uh, yes, it's going to look better than the PS4, but holy shit, you're right. I don't want to... We've seen this more and more, obviously, here and there with Halo games and stuff like that. But at least they were, like, super old versions they were redoing. You know, like... Right, or they released um, a whole pack of, the, like, yeah, with the Master Chief this collection. Is, like, I don't want to be... Like, like, here's the thing. I'm not a Last of Us fan. I've never... I'm, they're great games, supposedly. If there's someone out there clamoring for this, I want to see an upgraded graphics version of PS5 versus PS4. That's great, but they're gonna charge you another fucking fifty dollars or whatever for it, and then like you're gonna do this every every generation. Well, and people have um, been actually fairly negative on this, and and uh, the thing that I, I hate about it is we the PS3 and 360 era development was apparently still cheap enough. There were double A teams, triple A teams, indies. There were a, there were a lot of games. We get far fewer releases these days, mm -hmm. starting with the PS4 and the Xbox One and into the PS, I mean, at PS5 and uh, the Xbox series. There's still, I mean, nothing that's grabbed me. So I hate to see this much development time wasted. Versus a new property. Versus yeah. a new property. Uh, they're going to use the new enemy AI that was in the sequel. Okay, 60 frames per second, new combat options and more. Great. I mean, they're obviously they were, they were then they should they, they didn't need to remaster it then if they're just going to remake sure. it. I mean, the because remake it, has a m more reason to exist. The remaster, but then the remaster was just a fucking cynical cash grab. You're gonna, so you're going to buy th the game three times in eight within eight years, basically, uh, or similar game. I mean, they're doing this other stuff. Obviously, they're doing. Uh, we didn't talk about it. Um, they're they're doing uh, Resident Evil Four remake. I mean, that's the game's a masterpiece. Um, oh, I mean, Capcom is yeah, sure, yeah. Um, but this is going to happen more and more. And I think we're getting, a, I don't know, I think we're getting away from it a little bit. I understand, like, people want to play these updated versions of these games. But if the original is a masterpiece, just re-release the original, which has been re-released. So, like, I just right. don't, I don't know. We're getting away from things. It goes back to, this is, a, this is what happened in the late 80s, early 90s with Turner. There was a big upheaval with people saying, don't colorize these black and white movies. That's not the way they're supposed to be. Sure. You lose something. It was a big deal back then. He, he started colorizing movies, and there was a huge backlash against that in, in the film world, and he stopped doing it. Unfortunately, with an interactive medium like this, a lot of people, they want to play the greatest, you know, it's not just watch them, they want to interact with it in a different way. But the upgrading graphics thing, I think there's a small price to pay for that. I just don't, I don't know. I think there's something said for playing it how it was meant at, at its time period. That's just my opinion. Man, I sound like an old, old, fo old fogey. For something that was made eight years ago, you really need it to be looking that much greater at this point in time where we're going to get to diminishing returns really fucking quick going forward on this. I don't know. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Moving on. I'm, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have enough energy, but spending too much time on that one. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I hate you. it. You're the, I, you're the commander I don't of the think, intro. I don't think anyone else is happy about this. Very strange. Street Fighter uh, Six going to see Guile, of course. They're not going to not going to have Guile in Street Fighter Six. I went from that first trailer with fucking wide body Ryu and that Fake Ryu and that shitty logo uh -huh. to being incredibly fucking hyped for this. Oh, okay. I think the uh, roster looks great. I like the look of the game. Uh, they're bringing parrying back. Um, it looks like multiple well, super bar, uh, third, third strike. Okay. Uh, they're bringing, uh, it looks like there's going to be multiple uh, special bars that you can pick from, just like some of the older games. Okay. Um, so I am definitely excited about this one. You like uh, Aliens Dark Descent? Yes, that was the other one I was going to bring up. Right. I think a squad-based tactics game is perfect for the Alien franchise. Give you me like something like XCOM with Aliens and I'm, I'm in.
You like the overhead isometric sort of thing? Yeah, I think All that'll I'm be a say lot is of this. fun. Going back to this, the, the trailer is the first 98% of it is like a movie. Like, oh, what is this going to be? And then they show seven seconds of gameplay at yeah. the end. And it's like, okay. Um, I look at that stuff. It looks fun. I, w- would I prefer like a first-person version of that? I guess it's harder to coordinate with the squad versus first-person, but, you know, it looks uh, I mean, it's it's turn-based. I mean, the problem with the first-person stuff is they've tried it a bunch in the past, and other than, like, the early Rebellion AVPs on PC, none of them have been well-received. None of them. So I think they're trying a new style to see if they can get people back into it. Uh, they're doing the... Eight, uh, they announced uh, they're doing the first look of the HBO Last of Us series with Pedro Pascal, who's great. Uh, he's going to be in that. We love him. He's we, great. We love him. We love Pedro. We love Pedro Even though I still have yeah. not seen one episode of Mandalorian. Um, Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty uh, teaser. The new Modern Warfare 2. Okay, I keep track of them. Yeah. Can we have different names at this point for stuff? Holy shit. You know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. Do we um, care about any of that? Callisto Project looks pretty decent. Uh, it looks like it's basically Dead Space by the old Dead Space team, but not Dead Space. Gotham Knights, Nightwing. They announced that years ago, I thought. And then Ian's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredders. Oh, Revenge. fuck. Am I so excited for this goddamn <laughs> game? I, you know, to all the people who think I don't enjoy stuff, fuck you, because I am like a child for this game. Um, and oh my God, three things dropped. Uh, four, four things like dropped uh, with TMNT that just like, I cannot wait for Thursday. So when they announced it, they dropped Casey Jones, which I always said made sense. I of mean, course. If, we say that, with of course. April, you're going to have it. And when they announced Shredder, I'm like, no, there's, there's got to be one more character. Yes. Casey's got to be in it. Casey's if we're doing this extended roster. Um, He's an OG character. Casey Jones uh, comes out this Thursday. So that was like a surprise uh, because okay. they, hadn't, they had not teased at all the release. They said summer. And it's actually coming out Spring. just before summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, six players at the same time. That's surprising. Six players at the same For a time. Up is extremely rare. And uh, my favorite rapper, favorite pair of rappers, uh. Ghostface and Raekwon uh, from the Wu Tang Clan, uh, did a track with uh, T Lopes, the guy who did the uh, um, soundtrack. Oh, so I, 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 um, you're not gonna. I mean, you're not gonna see Ian. You're this not weekend. gonna see me this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, you're just, you're will be unavailable. Phone off the hook. I uh, Saturday, I have um, to do a hot sauce convention for the other podcast, and other than that, it will there, be TMNT. There, um, and then Limited Run has an insane uh, edition for two hundred dollars. We we don't usually bloviate on these special editions, but this one is kind of ridiculous. This one has uh, uh, Josh's fingerprints all over this. Yeah, Shredder Shredder uh, figure. Uh, a, 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 a figure that that's like a remake of the original it was like yeah. the same mold but it's different colors um a I, mini arcade that you can you can watch what the intro of the game the on. intro of the game um it, there's a vhs there's a vhs sleeve with a vhs tape that it comes out of and then you open uh, that and it fits the steelbook version of the game and it has a st- and you there's that you can put the game in so the steel kit box is empty the actual game comes in a case that's on a blister card which actually looks pretty cool that's pretty cool and then you can just uh, take the card out and put you, it in the, steel the soundtrack case. on cd yeah uh what is that the lithograph uh, print uh like a shadow box lithograph print and the and the coup d'etat a free 
Pizza Hut personal pan pizza coupon like the Ninja Turtles 2 arcade game on NES. Yeah, there was a tweet, I think it was from Josh, talking about how hard that was to get I in there. I can imagine the conversation with, with Pizza Hut. Yeah. Listen, we want to buy a certain amount of coupons from you for this insane... And they're like, what? They want, you want to do what? Remember when you included <laughs> a personal pan pizza coupon on Teenage Mutant Ninja and Turtles 2? Like, like, no, 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 we did no, not. They're all we retired. Don't, <laughs> we don't no, remember that, that at was, all. That was 32 years ago. <laughs> no one remembers that. Or 30 years ago. Like, no one remembers that shit. Um, so, Yeah. You can obviously just buy the game, the physical version for uh, let's see, thirty five bucks on Switch, and then they have the the VHS versions for sixty five dollars. But like this two hundred dollar version, if if I was like if I had like said room for this stuff, I was this I would go for something. If else. I had space and I was still a collector in in like uh, the more in the way that usually means, and, I would absolutely buy it and a full length strategy guide as well. Yes, like, and sprite stickers, everything. This is like. This is this could be probably the, like to me like the, the, the their finest like edition they've done in terms of like we're gonna give you everything you want yeah uh, with this it's nuts so but next week Ian will have the review and maybe Pat will too for oh jeez yeah I don't, I don't you won't be able to shut me up about it I'm I'll, hoping I'll, I'll, I'm I'll hoping be, I'll have to be captain captain uh, intro that, yes. that week I'll have to take it over there if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Speaking of which, everything announced at the Xbox Bethesda Game Showcase. I believe this is still kind of part of the They're whole summer thing. They're doing it this thing. morning as well. I think it's more than one day. I okay. Know that. Um, the only thing I'm particularly interested in is, uh, I think, um, Starfield looks very promising. Starfield is a game I, I thought Private Citizen would eventually, uh, a Star Citizen would, Star would, Citizen, would, would eventually sure. be if they actually fucking completed it. Um, it looks incredible. There's going to be, what is it? A thousand planets you can visit? A thousand. And my feeling is that there's probably care put into those. It's not just procedurally generated. It's probably like there's a, going to be some procedural yes. generation, I'm sure. But, but I, there's a, there's clearly going to be set pieces that they they trot out. Yes, I, think. I always wanted a a true sort of sequel in spirit and tone to something like Privateer. Yes, there's been ones here or there that kind of got it right. But this combined with like this is eating Star Citizen's lunch because this is doing everything. You go to the planets. You have first person shooter battles. You fly away like this is it. This is a game where if I I'm afraid to play games like this because I will never stop playing. This sure. is it. Space exploration, getting your ship, go around, do do all space missions, and then go on the planets. Like this is uh, yeah. I I'm afraid when they make these games, but this is it. This is a game that's going to be nuts. Like like people, did you describe to me this is going to be like like Elder Scrolls but for in space. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is nuts. So, this but they are pushing it back. It's going to be next year. Uh, which is fine. That's fine. No, no rush. Take your time. Take your time. I do feel bad for everyone that put in tons of money into Star Citizen and sees this and they're like, "Well, this is the game we wanted. This is a game we thought we were going to get years ago, and now we have bits and pieces of a game." You know, this is it. Uh, anything else from that 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 you want to comment on? That's the big one. Uh, no, Kojima not. revealed a relationship with Xbox Game Studios, so they're going to do uh, this. The, the, what was it a rumor game called Overdose? So there you go. Yeah, the I mean Minecraft Legends. I've never been particularly into Minecraft. Um, New Forza game. 
They're they're big racing games. They're good, but not in not something I'd be into. So there you go. Uh, are you into ultimatehunter.com, Ian? Are you into finding uh, deals on, on RPI baseball series? That means you left. That was an awful one. Yeah. Uh, I, because uh, it was so awful. Pins. <laughs> We're down to seven or eight enamel pins right now. Uh, and then the Pixel Pat pin. We got some of those left. The uh, NES Super Nintendo guidebooks. RBI baseball stickers still selling every week. We'll never, I will never get through this roll. Never get through that roll, uh, potentially, at, at ultimatenintendo.com. I'll be on Twitch. Uh Wednesday, regular time, because no no NBA game, uh, Finals game. It's Thursday, game six. Dubs and seven still. My prediction might be dubs and six. Uh, at twitch.tv slash Contra Code. Ian will not be there. Nope. Uh, not even in spirit. Uh, no, and then I, I will, will not at, think of it. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> I will be at Too Many Games, June 24th, 26th in Oaks, PA. I'll be visiting my parents uh, and sister earlier that week in Pennsylvania, hanging out. I'll probably check out Friendlies. I'll go to the Jersey Shore. See, see if you can find me that week at the Jersey Shore. And then I'll be at the Southeast Game Exchange in Greenville, South Carolina, July 9th and 10th. Uh, those are those are my upcoming events there. Did you know, Ian, that more adults are playing video games than, than, than kids are? No shit. A new study uh, says so. Mark Salton, USA Today special. We've said a million times uh, on, on here that video games, while obviously loved and enjoyed by kids, um, became an adult hobby. We were the first generation or, to, to grow into it. Or entertainment medium. Yeah. Right? Like, like, it's accepted. It's Right. It's home, no longer the... the it's, it's no longer just for kids. Home video games is... If you start with the Atari 77, most people do. It's 45 years old. It's 45 years old. So, like, that's, that's like, the majority... The vast majority right. of the population that's been alive between then and now. I mean, like, come on. Since, since the mediums started. The only people that haven't played video games are, like... Uh, older boomers, basically, and and then, and then like the you know the generation for that, like the, the World War II generation that are still around, like that's it. Like everyone else grew up with video games, so it's like it is what it is. The average uh, age is thirty three years old, according to the report commissioned by the ESA. Why are you wasting your money, ESA? Why are you wasting your money on that? Yeah, the, the, their quote: the fact that we're seeing more people over forty five years old playing than under eighteen just speaks to the growth. An adoption of gameplay. No, it speaks to the, the population numbers. I mean, just this sure. population. There's more people between, you know, over 45. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, plus, you know, for the first five years, you're not playing games unless you have a tablet in your hand. So right. it's, it's really more condensed, more I think about the age. But 45 isn't that. When you think about 45, you grew up potentially with the NES. You're a, little bit, you're a teenager with the Super Nintendo. That's 45. That's like. Prime video game culture years. Sure. Late 80s to 90s. Like, that's it. Like, that's the age we're talking about here. I wonder if they're comp- counting computer games. Remember, that first decade of computers was mostly older people playing. Those people are probably in their 70s by now. Yeah. Sure, but I, yeah. they're probably only accounting you know, for a console. Now. Okay, I see what you're saying. I mean, they're probably including PC games, but they're probably just looking at it now. I mean, they wouldn't go into the past for that. Oh, they are counting PC, yeah. I see what you're saying, but the, I wonder though. I wonder if they retire. I wonder if you play. I wonder if you were on computer gaming in the '80s when you bought, you know, your computer for like two thousand dollars, you know, uh, or fifteen hundred. I wonder if you would still be playing stuff now, or that since they don't cater to that market anymore, there's no, they don't do, you know, really like a lot of, you know, uh, adventure games anymore like they did back then. They don't do a, a lot of simulation games. The same. It's hard to find this. I wonder if if those are a lot of people that are lapsed that would be like, well. There's nothing for me anymore. It was like a, in a place in time no. in my 30s and the 80s, you know. Sure, but a lot of people, I mean, in the you know, who bought them in their 40s and 50s and their 80s are, I mean, a lot, some of them are dead. 
Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking someone who was 35 in like 84. Okay, sure. They're like 70 now. Right. You know, so wow. They are. Holy shit. They're like early 70s. Like, I wonder if they, because like, they probably still have a PC around or a tablet or they too old now that they sort of, like, like my father, he can still use a PC, but he doesn't keep up with the tech like I do. Right. You know what I mean? So, but he played games. I mean, he played his, you know, F-15 simulator in the 80s. And, right. But he's not playing games now. I mean, those are absolutely targeted towards the 35-year-old male who was buying PCs at the time. Sure. The smartphone, uh, 70% of the respondents said the smartphone as was your preferred, preferred device for play. Wow. How many? 70%. Jesus. Followed by video game console, 52%. Uh, personal computer, 43%. Those numbers don't quite add up. I guess it maybe it was like the top two out of five choices. Tablet, iPad, 26%. And virtual virtual reality headset, 7%. Oh, that VR. Really cutting in to the business. Uh, about 60% of respondents say they enjoy playing on multiple devices. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. I said the vast majority. Like, because everyone has a phone. You can play on a phone. Switch is a, is a, is a portable device, and then you have your PC or something else or, or Microsoft or device. Uh, at sixty five percent, puzzle games were the most popular genre. Wow, maybe amongst older people. I, I yeah, I mean it's that makes article. sense. I mean iPhones have uh, iPhone with Candy Crush, that so, magic market that was supposed to be swayed by the Intellivision Amica. Good article, check it out. There's some little tidbits here, and then uh, they say that E three will, will be back in full force next year. We shall see. We shall see. Or Jeff Keeley uh, ate their lunch this year. Then stuff like the Bethesda Showcase. Nintendo, like I said, does their directs. Like, there's no need. There just isn't. Yep. Sorry, E3. Uh, Kickstarter for a Little Nemo game. You might say, hey, Pat, you talked about this this last year. We sure did. There's another one. Um, there. So Little Nemo and the Guardians of Slumberland. Um, so this is public domain. Little Nemo is like uh, 100 years old. Uh, more than 100 years old. So that's why, like, anyone can make their own little Nemo game if they want to. So uh, that's basically what I want to talk about. I don't have much to say about the, the game itself. It looks cute. I think it looks cute. Uh, yeah. um, oh, oh. It definitely has gone for a different, you know, style than the other one that's currently in production. Yes. The, the other one, uh, Little Nemo and the Nightmare Fiends, it was was the artwork's ridiculous because it looks like how it was drawn in the original comic strip. Yeah. Like in the 20s. Yep. It looks insane. Um, this is more traditional looking like, you know, Unity sort of just graphics. It looks fine, but like it's not. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a platformer. It's a platformer. It's two different styles of games. But that's, that's again. It's... I mean, they're both platformers, but this, I, yes. Yeah, so if, if Mario ever comes public domain, you'll, you'll be seeing this. You'll be seeing Kickstarters for any uh, Mario game. Uh, there'll be a billion of them ha- happening there. Uh, Sega uh, responded to fan feedback about Sonic Frontier saying uh doesn't bother us. Uh this is from a Go Nintendo article. Uh any comments on this Ian? Uh I mean, no. I they they probably shouldn't bow to fan pressure because it it, it sets a crazy precedent. However, it did with the movie. Yes. I don't <laughs> think people saying hey this game needs to be delayed is that bad of of a thing. You you could delay the game and make people happy. It's not I, they're not like getting nitty gritty and being like, you should do this and you should do this. They're like, hey, please delay the game so you can polish it, which I think is a pretty reasonable request. Um, they did come out and say, and I think I mentioned it last week, that a lot of the videos were running on an old build. Um, but what they should have done is not do those videos. The promotion for this game has been a debacle. Yes, it's Sega's fault that we're at this point. Literally, Sega's fault alone. Literally cut a flashy trailer 
put it out there. Don't if if what you're showing us is old stuff that makes the game look bad, then don't fucking show I, it. I know people might think, including that, it could be hypercritical of Sega. This is why well, this you is, are, but this is Bush League shit. This is their number one franchise, and they have to have this shit like on lock, right? Like when Nintendo puts out a trailer, they'll have a trailer. Then they'll have this whole exploratory gameplay video explaining what the fuck's in the game on top of it. Right. If the yeah. people that you... I, I don't want... You do not... Do not show people live playing a game that is unfinished and on an old engine because it's going to look clunky and it's going to look like shit. And people don't know what they're looking at. They're people, like, what? Right. Yeah. They're like, There's I don't know what this literally is. nothing good about um, doing that. This is what they said here. We, we do realize... Everyone is just kind of reacting to the videos that they saw. This is from Sonic Team Studio head Takashi uh, Izuka. Uh, because they don't understand what this new gameplay is, they're kind of comparing to other games that they're already done. It's your responsibility to explain through marketing right. what your game is. Yes. Don't pull a Talarico and say, yeah. well, you don't have all the If we don't understand the gameplay, it's because uh, you haven't done a good job of showing it. Yes. We, we, uh, at this point... The video game audience is very intelligent about how things are branded, how things are marketed, what what we should know at certain points in time. We've been through this before. So you have to do a better job. You should never have allowed IGN to put out. Continuing to sound like Talarico, we've been doing a lot of playtesting with our oh target audience, uh, demographic of someone who'd play a Sonic game. Uh, we have been listening to comments that come back. We have a gr- lot of great feedback from people who rate the game and are like, I had a lot of fun playing this. I'd give it like an 80 or 90 point score out of 100. That's good to know, but like, just just stop talking. Just stop talking, put the game out, let the reviews I, come in and move on. I cannot believe they would let an older build of a game be shown on one of the biggest gaming websites. Like, it's, just, it's either a lie or a blunder. I mean, they did, again, Amico did the same thing. Remember, they're playing it in the Middle East on the controller. That was an old build of the controller right. and firmware. And it's just like... It, way, it's an excuse or it's a, you're either, a true blunder. You're either incompetent or you're lying. Right. Like, one or the other. Like, it's, either way, it's bad when it comes to it. So, anyway. Uh, rise and, the rise and fall of Axie Infinity. This is a Bloomberg article, Ian. Do you want to talk about this? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, uh, we part of our... Two times. Part of our crypto, uh, you know, uh, segment here. Um, <laughs> NFT. So we brought up Axie Infinity, but th- this article is—it's a good article. It's a Bloomberg one. Um, you can go check it out. It talks about a guy named uh, Alejo Lopez de Armentia who has played uh, video. He, he he got really into Axie Infinity. Um, he's spent, I believe, it says in here something close to forty thousand dollars on Axie Infinity. Oh my god! But buying the characters and such. Yes, yeah, so basically he's poured about 40000 into his habit since last August. He professes he likes the game, but he also makes it clear that recreation was never his goal. I was actually hoping it could become my full-time job. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Um, it goes and it talks a little bit about... Um, so basically there are various ways to make money from Axie. Uh, you can breed, which means you take two Axies you own, mix them together, it's, and it's- you apply. you apply a certain number of smooth love potions... And a certain number of Axie Infinity shards, both of which I believe are also tokens on the market, um, to make a new Axie. And then you sell it. 
What's an axe? They're a little blob. The little blob. You you have a squad. You fight other teams. It's an extraordinarily simplistic game from what I understand. So every new Axie player needs Axies to play. So that's where he was making his money. You have to buy the Axies first. So before you even start playing the game, you have to invest money to get some of these Axie NFTs to battle against other people's Axie NFTs. He said last August when it was popular, he was making 300 to 400% on his money in five days. He said it was stupid. Literally, he says it was stupid because people were getting into it. But now that's falling apart. Um, I do want to talk about Axie's creator, uh, Sky Mavis Inc. Um, This is disgusting to me. I mean, we all know I hate corporate speak, but this is just beyond the pale. We believe in a world future where work and play become one. Talk about a fucking dystopian nightmare. Um, They said in a mission statement on their website, we believe in empowering our players and giving them economic opportunities. Welcome to our revolution. Sit the fuck down. Sit all so, the way the fuck down. So this game has raised a ton of money um, in investment. According to this article, $160 million from investors. You got venture capital involved. Uh, they try to evaluate the company at $3 billion. The whole point is this, this economy fucking collapsed the past months. It's yeah. fucking collapsed. This game is dead. The economy is dead. And then what, what are you left with? You're left with guys that spent forty thousand dollars on a game. You have nothing. Yeah, you know, like that's that's what this that's what the, the message is on this shit. This is interesting though. They uh, released a new version of Axie, uh, uh, like a semi sequel called Axie Origin, with upgraded graphics and tweaks to gameplay. Here's what's not. Here's what's surprising about it. It doesn't have any cryptocurrencies or NFTs involved at all because Sky Mavis has learned that players don't want to engage in new games that have crypto added. So the company that so, arguably had the most successful cryptocurrency yes. game is like, the market's not there. They realize it. We got to get out of this. It's not it's, sustainable. Just keep our, keep our whatever core is left and just make a fun game. Yeah. And, make money, and make money that way. Wow, make a game that's just fun and make money off of it that way. Wow, what, you know, and people just spend their, you know, spare time playing a game for fun and not working. This is also gross. Zerlin, uh, Mavis co-founder Jeffrey Zerlin says uh, he empathizes with people who lost money, life-changing sums in some instances. But he added that a crash got rid of Axie. Pro- that a crash that got rid of Axie profiteers could have its upside too. Sometimes having to flush out the people who are just in it for the money, he said, that's just the system self-correcting. Your entire game was just for the oh. fucking money. So, so they had two currencies, Ian. Yes, it looks like smooth love potions smooth and love axi, potion. axi shards or some infinity it, shards. It once traded as high as forty cents, I guess per portion. Uh, now it's one point eight cents. Wow, that's that's a uh, pat math. That's like a ninety percent decrease, ninety five percent decrease, something like that. And then uh, AXS, which have been worth one hundred sixty five dollars. I have no idea what that is. Or maybe that's an axi. I don't know. Fifty six dollars. And then on March 23rd, I saw this on the Web3's Going Great, I believe. Hackers robbed Sky Mavis. Uh, yeah, we talked Netflix. about it. Scott, they robbed this company of $620 million in cryptocurrencies. And that probably contributed to the bottom falling out. Because like, they probably just started just offloading the shit and just ruined the... Holy shit. Holy... So- yeah. The future, Ian, the future. It's a really long article. It's a good read. I'd suggest it. I mean, we don't necessarily have time to keep going on it, but it, it goes on for several, several paragraphs. That's an intro. Uh, goes into, yep, goes into how they met, 
et cetera, et cetera, the people who ran it. Um, but it's an interesting look into this. The, and the point is, this was deemed as a success, and it still failed. Yes, exactly. This was the model. Oh, there's people in the Philippines that are uh, playing this game, making money. Like this is like a big thing, and it's like now it's collapsed uh, in uh, on itself. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by Monk Pack. Monk Pack offers low sugar, keto friendly bars, which are plant based gluten-free and non-gmo they're the perfect snack for anyone who's trying to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste monk pack keto granola bars and nut and seed bars contain one gram of sugar or less two to three grams of net carbs and each bar contains 150 calories or less monk pack bars have an amazing chewy texture come in delicious flavors like sea salt dark chocolate coconut cocoa chip which is my personal favorite i love this one coconut cocoa chip is delicious I love the sea salt dark chocolate nut and seed bar, but also the peanut butter dark chocolate. Oh, wow. yeah, no, I mean, when I was a kid, we had we had some of those granola bars that had like peanut butter and chocolate yep. chip, but they weren't healthy. They weren't good for you. These are good for you, and they're delicious. Yeah, uh, they really do remind me of like the granola bars that you used to get in your lunch as a kid. Uh, they're great for a quick breakfast, a snack between Zoom calls, a guilt-free deck and dessert. Uh, they really do taste like that. By shopping online, you can avoid another trip to the grocery store and have Monk Pack delivered right to your door. These bars aren't just for people eating keto. They're a great snack for anyone looking to reduce their sugar intake while still enjoying delicious, flavorful snacks. They contain real ingredients that are delicious and nutritious for your whole family. In addition to being keto-friendly, the bars are also gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO. There's no sugar, alcohol, soy, or artificial colors. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code CU podcast at checkout, or simply click the link below in the description and get 20% off. Monk Pack is so confident in their product that it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. Again, get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code CU podcast at checkout or simply click the link in the description below. Get yourself some yummy, yummy bars. Well, that was interesting, Ian. You want to talk about another collapse? Yeah, we're swinging into the CU podcast. This is the entree portion of the CU podcast. Um, so Intellivision broke their silence. Um, lot to cover here, but they sent out an email. Do we want to read through this entire email? Oh, yeah, I believe okay. we do. They sent out an email and also posted, I believe, on their Facebook group. Greetings. It has been a while since our last official update. It's been a while. And I thank you for your patience. I hope that this update on the state of Intellivision will answer some of your questions and explain where we are and where we are heading. When I took over as CEO of Intellivision, this is written by Phil Adam, my goal in leadership required some tough decisions to ensure that we launch a quality product. We pulled down our investment campaign on Start Engine. Uh, I'm not going to stop and comment on everything. I have some things I want to comment on, but this in particular, so I don't forget it, uh, Start Engine pulled the campaign down. Start You're a fucking liar. It. Um, after it launched in February of this year without better visibility of the path to profitability, this was the right decision in the short term. Oh, real quick. If you didn't have a visible path, why the hell were you trying to take money from more people? Right. Why? Yeah. Phil, if you admit that you had no path that was really visible at that point. That means you didn't have one when you were asking for $5 million and you th you you certainly put it out there that you knew what you were going to do with those $5 sure. million and get another $5 million, too. Yeah, we can get okay. back to that. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into it. <clears throat> 
Any funds committed by StartEngine investors were returned in full. Of course, this required us to take other financial measures to make up for the foregone new investment. We have dramatic two. We have dramatically reined in operating costs, which unfortunately required a significant reduction in staff. Our resources are focused on engineering and testing to ensure we have a quality system, as we cannot um, succeed by producing anything less. Just a quick point. Uh, Focusing on engineering and testing means the system's not done and never was. No. We um, are – And real quick, we didn't yeah. talk about the people leaving the company. People people have looked at uh, – Because it happened so fast, it yeah. was just like we couldn't uh, keep up with it. Gatorous on the Intellivision underscore Reddit had like a, a chart tracking when people were leaving based on it. But they have almost no one le- left compared to like six months ago. Right. We are working with game development partners to license classic and television intellectual property for publication on other platforms. These licensing deals will help fund continued development of the Amico. A broader distribution of Intellivision classic IP will also help raise awareness of Intellivision while not directly competing with Amico because of Amico's unique controllers and family-friendly focused gaming adaptations. Many people in the retro gaming community have embraced us because of our family focus and in fact that all of our games, including retro Titles are adapted for group play. While Miko's broad catalog will continue to include retro titles, our mission has been and remains cross-generational in home family entertainment. Stop. We, we, yes. we, should, we should have brought this up because there's so much here that's wrong and ridiculous. So the and first thing I would like to say uh, is getting um, in television games on other platforms to test the waters and see what the fucking reaction would be should have been fucking number one on their list. And we have said as such multiple times. The problem is, as we have stated, there is no interest in these television games by and large, which is why they didn't want to go down that path. They wanted to make their money on old, cheap hardware and pump up the price We're and get the money that way. to be a big boy CEO and he couldn't start small. He had to jump right into if, the fucking deep end. If you remember, because Tommy Tallarico doesn't lose. The Intellivision Gen 2 Kickstarter, we talked on the podcast several years back. Keith Robinson was still there. Rest in peace. Uh, he used to be, he used to own all the, all the IP. Um, Mike Kennedy was involved in the Kickstarter. It was a, a remix of Astro Smash and Shark Shark. On Kickstarter. You remember this? This yes. was like 2014. They did not look good. I think they were asking for a shitload of money, and it did horribly. It made less than 10 grand. Yeah. It was bad. And that gave us sort of a key into what is the Intellivision audience out there in terms of the sizable market. We right. always said that. Like, okay, this is about the interest of it, the amount of backers you're going to have, and also the amount of people on Atari age, coupled with the people that I have seen at conventions over the past 10 years having interest in, in, in television games. And I, Hey, this is not a knock on people that are fans of Intellivision uh, in general. We, we love the people that have the boots that sell this stuff that still do the homeros. We love it. But the fact of the matter is we are talking very small numbers of people that are actively are still into these old Intellivision games. And if That's you, the bottom and if, line. And if you want to see if these people are going to be interested in them, you can't charge them up front. If you're going to have the license and the business, you got to put in the fucking work. And they just wanted shit to magically come to them. Um, you can't you can't do a Kickstarter for it. You got to put your own money in, redo them, and see if people like them. You got to put them on a digital distribution service and see if people buy them. But you can't charge them you can charge them for the game, but you can't charge them twice, essentially. You can't ask them for money and then ask them for the games again on a, on a whim. Plus, they already got their fill. Oh, okay. Uh, say, say they came out with one of the better-looking uh, games that, that was close to being finished. Well, I don't know. The Missile Command looked like garbage. Uh, but say, say they came out with Missile Command, 
and they put it out on the Switch. They put it out on Steam. They put it out on, on PlayStation 4, 5, and Xbox. I will be super generous and say that would get you $150,000 in revenue. I will be super generous in saying sure. that. It gets you one hundred and fifty. Because like it ain't going to do better than the Atari Recharge games I've done. Because those games look beautiful. Uh, Asteroids is a lot better well-known uh, than, than other, some of these other properties. Ian's alarm's going off on his phone. Sorry. He's embarrassed. But like, say, say all of those games, Ian. Say you get 10 games that do 100000 in profit each. Right. That gets you to a million dollars over time. Yep. That's not enough to, to do your fucking console. Right. That's not enough to finish uh, not just the console itself and to get it engineered and to finish the firmware. That's not enough to do the back end. It's not enough to do the cloud. It's not enough to do the marketing. It's not enough to do anything. Part of me feels like they did that. They didn't do that specifically because it would have given them the news they didn't want to hear. Yes. Yes. That would have been the market research without the research part. That would have been, oh, this market doesn't exist. It would have been the market response. Yeah. It was a market response. That was the bad news they didn't want to hear, basically. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you're going to raise awareness? No, you're not. You don't have the, you, these games aren't that in-depth. You don't have a mascot people care about. These are games that have been, uh, by and large, re-released either by name, well, like Missile Command uh, you know, Recharge. There's a, a better Atari version, or they're, or they're games that you can be satiated playing something else. For better or worse, and I'm going to go with worse, uh, Tommy Tellerico is their mascot. I mean, he did that to himself. Many people in the retro gaming community have embraced us because of, no, that's because of our family. Was, that's just bullshit. That's no. just bullshit. Uh, uh, like five nobodies embraced you because they thought it was their way to fucking break big. Uh, yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. it worked out. Um, okay. We have begun a test production run of Amico that includes every aspect of the product, including packaging. This is first and foremost an assessment of our manufacturing approach and overall quality of the delivered product. It is critically important to show to our current future investors, partners, and customers that we have built a sound platform that delivers on the in-home family experience, which requires our immediate focus on value engineering and hardening, hardening of, of the, the platform. platform. Meaning finishing the fucking design and, and doing the it firmware. cheap. Because value engineering. These units should be completed in the next few weeks. Okay. To me, what this means is they're going to put together by hand what they have laying around. A couple of more, a few more demo units. Yes. They're going to put together some de- more demo units. Um, this does not mean that they're going to be running off uh, a line in China somewhere and, ma- and manufacturing this. No, they can't. It's not manufacturing. It's production. It's, it's, it's um, test production. It's yes. me- it, it, this, means, this means making the dev kits, which I don't think ever truly happened. Sure. There's a few cobbled together. Uh, we are slow. Here we go. And I think this one ties into the last one for me. Um, we are slowly processing refund requests. The public's uncertainty of our status in the last few months has undesired, understandably led to an influx of pre-order refund requests because of reduced staff and financing requirements, financing requirements for continued operation. This is fucking key. Uh, our response to and processing of this, these requests has been delayed. Rest assured that our intention, intention is a wiggle word, to honor all refund requests. We will allocate a portion of all new funding, a portion, and staff time to winding down the refund queue, while our primary focus is funding and completing a quality product ready for manufacturing. To make sure we see your request, please submit to support at Intellivision.com. They didn't put your down payments into escrow. They blew all of your fucking pre-order money, and now they're telling you you're going to have to wait. They don't have the money to pay you back, but they're only going to use a portion of the funding 
money they get to pay you back because you're fine waiting for your refund, right? This is where, like, I, every week I, it, it gets further and further. This is scam territory. They told you, they insisted that your refund was safe, your deposit was safe, and 100% fucking refundable. And then they have the fucking balls to say this shit. You may never get your refund. Intention means there's a good chance you're not going to get it. And where are they getting any more fucking funding from? They took your money. They spent it on fucking rich person CEO cosplay. They pumped up their egos. And then they fucking shit their pants. Tommy Tallarico should never be allowed to do anything in the video game world ever again. Ever. The amount of lies straight up... Um, falsehoods he directly said multiple times your money is refundable and you had the fucking balls for three years to insist we were the assholes yeah and and all these um all the cultists said that this is a good news Uh, not everyone but uh, some of the cultists even said well it's good news we're getting email they broke their silence by the way remember the 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 bullshit reason why they said they were going to go into silent mode because they were courting a new investor well, they don't have that. They don't have that investor. And that investor will look at this and be like, wait a minute. You want my money to what? To, to, you want my money to fund refunds? refunds? That's a great sign that you have this technical, well, not legal debt, but technical debt of these refunds that, is, uh, you know, that was supposed to be refundable. This is just terrible. And I don't want to get on like, people's personal shit too much. But when you see and hear news of like Phil Adam going on a vacation – Tommy Tallarico, a few times in the past year and a half, after disaster showings of, of uh, in public, went on vacations. He was posting pictures, traveling around. Wh- whose money is that on? It's on people that pre-ordered it, and it's, it's, on, on, it's on your deposits, and it's on the investors that were lied to about the progress of this console. The, the console that was on the fucking launch pad. That he said in that sleazy Neil Patel investment video in early 2021 that it was on the fucking launch pad, even though at that point it was already months behind schedule and there was no intention of that console coming out in October 2020. We know that. Uh, And they probably even knew at that point it wasn't coming out in the fall of 2021. They knew. They had to have known. They're either gross incompetence or or they're just straight up scammers. And at some point, Ian, it bleeds together. Tommy 100% felt like if he just put this out into the world, the money would come to him. Due to his Magical con- fucking thinking. Due to, due to his contacts in the, in the industry, his, his you know people from probably from Virgin Games back in the day and Interplay and all this stuff. That, oh, this was just going to conjure itself up and the naysayers be damned. And this is where we are. The intention to refund. The we intention. Will- we will focus our initial mass production on fulfilling pre-orders and supplying our two major distribution partners. Who do you still have? Are you counting GameStop? Um, GameStop canceled all the fucking orders. Coke Media, probably in Europe. They're the main distributor uh, okay. in Europe. You can and still maybe have... Amazon. That, I, I don't know. Amazon directly, but the I focus will remain. Best, I think maybe Best Buy Canada, maybe. So they talk about two major distribution partners, but then they immediately in the next sentence go on to say, the focus will remain on direct orders until our cost structure can support the margins required for retail channels. It's never going to be able to. Obviously, the markets continue to be somewhat volatile with rising inflation, rising energy costs, and lingering supply chain issues that affect all manufacturing businesses. But somehow every other uh, console has Play come Playdate, Steam Deck, uh, Analog Pocket. Evercade. Versus- Evercade. 
Evercade, an Evercade console, and now a new Evercade. It's going to come out, yeah. Um, uh, this has impacted both our costs and pricing. And Atari VCS got out, by the way. Yeah. That, that came out. Uh, I mean, uh, you're pricing this thing at a level that's absolutely, you, you know this is never going to sell. Uh, and it has required us to narrow our initial distribution strategy. Our hope is that we, you, you can basically, maybe you'll be able to buy one from someone in a garage at some point in the future. Our hope is that we start shipping production units this year. Do they mean ones that are going to hand cobble together? Because we're already in June. And from what I know, you got to get these uh, li- production lines in China lined up several months in advance this, again this isn't just something you can say hey guys start putting my console together next month you this can't is, do that this is shit we were talking about back when tommy was still trying to hit the october 2021 uh release date talking about how you know timing stuff out they need to be on the production line by several months before. september august if they really hope to get these in anyone's hands this year and i don't see that happening oh no several months before yeah due to the, the time it takes to ship these things over right uh, from china on top of it uh, and then it uh, uh, closes out. Many challenges lie ahead for the business. No shit. And we appreciate our investors. Partners. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because you, 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 re- you didn't re- update Republic until like two days ago. They hadn't received any updates um, in months. The, up- the last update from before the, uh, the, the June 10th update, January 10th, Tommy did an update for 2 4 Five months in between updates. Yeah. Is that six months, Pat Math? Uh, that's ridiculous. So you, you don't give um, a shit. Don't try to lie and say you did. And if you gave a shit, you wouldn't have spent all of the deposit money. Where's Holly's money with her dog in those comments? Holly was on the, on the mark. She realized this is bad. This is bad. Uh, we will formally an- be announcing. We will be formally announcing some new IP licensing partnership deals soon. Great, because you know. That's all you ever did, uh, as well as showing off the Amico units currently in production. These units will be shared with partners, investors, and a select few in the media. Select- Probably us. Probably oh, us. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Certainly us. Yeah, they definitely won't just drop them off at like you know IGN or GameSpot or or like like objective media folks. Just like we're going to see the same if they if they get this far, we're going to see the same shit we did last time, which is them putting it in the hands of people who are walked through the experience and will say nice things. Yeah, it'll basically be like Crayola controlled events. Yep. Uh, as more production units become available, we will broaden the distribution to media outlets that cover our target demographic. Sure you will. Thank you for your support, and thank you to our internal team and external developers that work tirelessly to cre- You didn't work tirelessly. That work tirelessly to create a family gaming experience on Amico that brings people of different ages and skills together in group play. Phil Adam, CEO. Gotta say one thing before we get into anything else. The clearest thing here is no mention of Tommy. What has Tommy been? I, I, I mean, what's he been reduced to? He's not. He's he's gone. Obviously. Yeah, I feel like he's just gone. I feel like this is no longer um, a Tommy Tallarico thing. I feel like he can probably still say he's president. You know, he owns the Intellivision brand, but I don't feel like he's involved in the business at all at this point. Oh no! Um, he, like I said, he was pushed out in the in the fall. It just right. wasn't known to everyone until uh, January when I tweeted about it. Um, Phil, I don't know much about Phil, but I, I would. My guess is that Phil knows what a failure this is. But you know what? Phil doesn't have to care because Phil, uh, from the from the last um, uh, from 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 the SEC filing, Phil Phil's getting a damn good salary. I think it was upgraded over two hundred grand, if I remember correctly. Phil's getting paid to sit around and send out these these fucking emails. Yeah, so he can do that, and and he's getting paid well. Tommy got his salary. Uh, for a couple of years, at least two, three years, got got a lot of his loans repaid. Not everything, 
But remember, if there's a bankruptcy hearing, people like uh, Tommy and people like uh, Nick, the CFO, they get first crack and Sudesh with his loans. These are the people that get crack, uh, get a crack at what what the company is still going to have if they file bankruptcy. Yeah. He, um, he 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 got this letter out in between his morning shit and breakfast, and yes. he's he hasn't thought about you since. No, the fact that this is what we get after months. This is we got we get an, an awful unboxing of a, a beat up one off a box they had laying around with with a. A handmade system there. Misspellings, hand-cut templates, fucking uh, the wrong power adapter for a European system. Yes. I guess they were trying to court uh, European investors at the time. That didn't work out, obviously. My, um, my guess was always that they were trying to get more Bavarian grant money. Sure. I wonder, that's, I wonder what, the, what they think, the people in charge of that, if, they, if they're going to, at some point, be like, what the hell is going on? Uh, or, or I don't even know what's going on with, you know, Fig slash Republic. If they're like, they're owed money as well, I believe, to a certain extent. So, like, the fact of the matter is, what I wanted to see from this, I'm not saying that this is ever going to be a good, good outcome. I would have loved to see something like, you know what? We messed up, and because of that, we're, we're, we're going to work for free on this until we make this right. Of, of course, that's never going to happen. Of course, you're never going to have uh, Tommy say something, something like, uh, uh, since he's uh, f- he's disappeared, he's gone uh, from this. He's gonna pretend this never happened somehow because this is like the most sh- this is fucking shameful. This is cowardly. He's a fucking coward. This is shameful behavior the past few years from a, from a fucking adult uh, that used to be involved in the game industry to a certain extent and now has uh, whatever overstates their fucking importance. Whatever goodwill they might have had in the industry is just dashed uh, forever. But I would love to have seen. You know what? We messed up. We're going to put our own money into this. We're going to we're going to eliminate all on any and all existing loans to ourselves on the board. And you know what? Maybe I'll put some of my more private money in. Maybe I'll sell my fucking Ferrari or my Spider Man statue or this other shit and, and and try to make this right. At least do that to get the money back to the people that are owed refunds. Tommy, can you at least make that right? We know this isn't going to come out. Uh, in any large shape or form, besides some handmade units, we're going to see on some some lower tier YouTube channels in order to get more business. Can, I, can you at least get the refund money back to people and make and call it a day? At least that wouldn't make it. That wouldn't make a square. That at least show that you have some f- some small version of a soul left when it comes to these things. That's it. Um, and then you can't talk about this at all on the Intellivision uh, Facebook group. Uh, it's not allowed. To, to ask about where's my oh refund? yeah if you if you, you talk about the refund um, situation it's it's bad vibes it's bad juju you're just bringing down what's supposed to be a good time yeah yeah real real uh real noble effort there uh, on the Facebook group just fucking slime balls all yeah, uh, around yeah but you knew this is where I was going to end up yes um, what I would have liked to have seen is a little bit different than you I would have liked to have seen just a bit more honesty here uh we're going to. We might get this many units out. Things are in a bad situation. We don't think we're ever going to get to main production. Please contact us if you want a refund. We'll get it back to you as soon as we can. And uh, I, I feel like we well, are... But there's the, no money, though. There's no... I know. I know. Unless they, unless unless Phil said, I'm not taking a salary, and Tommy's not, and Nick aren't, and we're going to give some of our money back and make that a number one priority, the, there's no money there to do it. I go back to a... a, a, a prediction i made ages ago i think we might see a couple literally a a few of these hand cobbled systems i'll say five get out to people um and it's not again it's going to be like i said if the the only even if this does make massive manufacturing i guarantee you there's not going to be a back end it's going to essentially be an over glorified um 
uh, flashback? Uh, mini, yeah, over-glorified flashback. It's going to have fancy controllers, but what's on that fucking thing is all you're ever going to get. Because they don't have the money for... They the, don't have the money for a back-end. They don't have the money for anyone else to finish their or games. Su- or support, or customer service. Right. You know, like, and this is still me banking on the fact that what they said is true, which it isn't, no. that these games are, that the launch games are done. They're not fucking done. You're going to get half-baked shit <laughs> in a fucking <laughs> foot bath. But even, <laughs> what do you mean foot bath? Oh, it looks like a foot bath. Is that what you mean? Yes. Oh, boy. They're racists. They're literally gaming racists. Um, I, I guess we can close on the, on the fact that I will the bankruptcy be next? I don't know. But the fact that like we're going to get these updates because there's nothing else to say. There's never going to be good news unless someone comes in and says, hey, I got $30 million. I can take care of all your problems. They find some insane lunatic rich person that has the money to save this. And, and that's just to save it to get it out the door. It's still going to be a commercial failure. Like This is, this is going to be it. I mean, if, the past, if, if they haven't found an investor at this point uh, to save this, and they've been trying literally – since 2019, the, the summer from my source told me is that that's when the main investor pulled out when they showed it at E3 at that uh, at, a, at a hotel suite that they booked or, or hotel room, and the investor saw this and said, "What the hell is this?" and got cold feet. Best decision you ever made financially, by the way, uh, sir or madam. Um, after that, this has been a long sort of slog to find real money investors the past really three years at this point take a fucking hint no one thinks it's a good idea yeah and and now you've wasted what what's the word 17 million dollars has, has been wasted on this between between remember that arc got over a million dollars arc uh manufacturing never manufactured that's a waste of a million dollars a mi- a 1.5 million dollars all the salaries, all the loan rep- payments. Sudesh's uh, got a fee for doing the loan, not even counting the yeah, money he's still owed. Have to, yeah, they still have to do that fucking hundred dollars off of every. System. Sudesh might be picking the carcass of this if this goes to uh, bankruptcy yeah. hearings. He, you, Sudesh might own might own in television properties after this. It's nuts. You can't make it up, but it's all because of one person, Tommy Tallarico. There you go. Ian, we yeah. got we got a Patreon, don't we? Uh, yeah, we do. You go to patreon.com slash CU podcast. I uh, do writings uh, weekly. You get a full video podcast. Uh, you get uh, bonus bits. There's bonus, bonus. Bits, bonus bits. And you get to vote in these uh, polls. Uh, polls. Second place, defending richer games that most people dislike, 30%. First place, majority, 70%. What potential mini console would interest interest you the most? I guess that doesn't exist right now in the market. Either. Um, so I would like a, I like I like I like portables. Um, I I would think a Neo Geo Pocket Color Mini would be very interesting. Not a mini, but perhaps a unit that was um, redesigned and sold with multiple games on it. Because the Neo Geo Pocket Color is a great system, but the prices on those games have just continued to climb so my take on on these sorts of things is all re-releases um all re-releases remasters etc uh mini consoles should really focus on including the games that are both considered fun and expensive or difficult to obtain sure um i would also like to see and i realize that this kind of means flashback but i would love to see a well done ColecoVision mini we have the flashback, which, from what I understand, not 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 the I, from my understanding, the Intellivision flashback and the ColecoVision flashback 
both suffer for some, from some issues. Mm-hmm. I think they are some of them are running uh, basically NES coded versions of the games, so they don't play oh. exactly the same. I could be inaccurate on that, I'm look that up. but I'm fairly certain. I think it was even Frank who told me that it was either the Intellivision or the ColecoVision mm-hmm. one, or maybe both used. Uh, used something like that. I would love to see a ColecoVision one um, that... Inc- I should... I don't know why I don't own that. I, that's my favorite pre-Atari... Uh, pre- a Coleco? System, a ColecoVision flashback. I don't know why I, sh- I should oh, have that. Yeah, I love the ColecoVision. Um, I had one. I got rid of it, and I, I'm kind of pissed I did. Especially because Vonnie's store just got oh, a bunch of really good ColecoVisions. It's pre-HDMI. That was still composite. Yeah. Wow. They, they, that was, that was 2014? Wow. Oh, really? That was two, 2014? Wow. So wow. there's not even an HDMI version? I feel like that should be... I'm not sure how well that would sell, but... Or Satori, but I feel like that would well, be something I'd be... Well, that's why we don't have it. But that would definitely be something that I would want. You know, when I was thinking about it last night, I think ColecoVision would really be it. Um, and I, I, I wonder, well... Just to stop you quick, I wanted to deal with those assholes at Coleco Holdings that have the trademark. I wonder if that's one of the reasons they don't want to at this point. Sure. Or, or because then they have to like have get some money to use to use the fucking logo at least. They wouldn't have to for the name. Right. They wouldn't have to, but for the logo they would. So yeah, I think that's where I would I would go. Um I would still like to see a, a, a decent Atari. I don't think any of the flashbacks have ever been particularly good. Really? See, I like I like these old games, but I don't want to collect them individually. I, thought, I just I thought the gold one got good reviews. Oh, it, the gold one might have. Yeah. Um did the one gold later. one have the paddle as well? They had a version with two paddles and two joysticks. Remember I said I found the flea market without the paddle. That's right. There's one there's one with and without okay, so it. So it exists with yes. the Activision games and stuff like that. That's actually something I would probably Yes, Because then you get the first party stuff and you get the best third party games. And you actually get the fucking controllers to play those games with. Yeah, that goes for use, it goes for a decent amount. The one with the paddles, like a uh without the paddles, I was like, let's see, you can buy one new for seventy dollars. With it, it's over a hundred dollars. So I think people there is some desire for that because again it's hdmi you don't have to worry about it mm-hmm. that's yeah that's the gold one i believe that's the hd one because they were still making them without obviously hd up to like five years ago or so uh, then they started doing that 120 games on the gold 120 that's all the atari games you're gonna want it's not gonna be every single one but i mean like i mean come on yeah 120 oh, there was another one i thought of is now that we're talking about atari uh I love the 5200. I would love to see a 5200 Mini. And that thing definitely needs to be miniaturized because it's a fucking boat. Good point, Ian, because, I mean, a, a Mini would just be any regular size console with that. Yeah. You know I mean, any, any, right. any, any console that's not the, 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 the Atari. I want to see an, a, um, a Mini Atari 5200 that's the size of an Atari 5200 cartridge. <laughs> but they would not redo those joysticks, obviously. They would, have, they would have recentering analogs, or at least the option for it. Yes. That's, see, that's the problem with doing that because even like the Coleco one, they changed it a little bit i believe with like they made the knobs i think different on the controller i believe but like you'd have to those get really creaky uh to re to remanufacture an atari 5200 controller sounds like hell on earth yep to do that like that's just sound, it's, it's literally the you would worst. have to you would have to find a way to code in just the centering analog that's what you, you would do. basically not do that controller you, they would probably have to do something probably take whatever the intellivision uh flashback because it has the keypad in it Take that version and figure out something, or basically just say, you know what, we're not going to do the analog, like that, or or have another way to do the analog. I just don't see another controller ever being made that will have analog and digital on that without, you know what I mean? Like, unless there was a switch, like like they have, um, there's like, I think like the Wico, the Wico 5200 controller, Ian, like the ones that go for money because there's, I think yeah. there's literally a switch to make it analog. There's there's it a, locks it there's in. there's yeah. a um. So you attach the Atari 2600 keypad to it, 
and then an adapter that fits you on your keypad. Uh, that yeah. oh, no, a twenty six hundred keypad, and then you attach an adapter that adapts it to um, the fifty two hundred. Oh, that's not the one I have. The one the one goes directly to the fifty two hundred controller that you hit it. You, you, okay, I still think it's a twenty six hundred keypad. They never made one for the fifty two hundred, a separate keypad. Oh no, I'm talking about fifty two hundred keypad on the controller. The, the button, oh, okay. The, sorry, I mean that goes to the Wico, and then it's, there's a Y adapter. That's what it one is. One goes yes. to the controller, one goes to the console. That's what it is. That's what I mean. Um, so and the, the Wico like, controller has a, a dial. You can dial in the tightness yes. on it. Um, so, like the point is, I think that's what you would have to do if you did a fifty two hundred. You'd have to like somehow use the Atari twenty six hundred controller, and then have like an. It's just a bad controller. Like and yeah. that's the thing. And unfortunately, Ian, when you say that. I would say, you know what, Ian? You might as well just do a 7800 Mini at that point and, and put 5200 games on there and include them sure. at that point and just do that if there's a demand. The 7800 is like the lost uh, Atari console that no one ever talks about because at that point, no one cared anymore. And it's like, well, we already had all these games come out on two other consoles, and it's like, what's the point? But that's like the lost console. You might as well stick with it. By the way, Ian, we go back to the mini. How do you make a minier version of a handheld? I'm just trying to think. Of it. Yeah, you don't. You just. <laughs> I just thought I was like. You just I... pack it all in. Well, you, I, I, almost like almost like the little Retron Cube thing, where you have like the handheld version. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, like the console version. The Atari Jaguar. That if there's mm. if, if there's one console you said to me, Pat, gun to your head, what do you think there should be? Not just because it would be interesting, because I think from a preservation or accessibility standpoint, people should play those games. I think it would be the Atari Jaguar. I was still shocked when Konami announced the Turbo Graphics Mini, when it, because I was yeah. like, because I was like, wow, they're, first of all, they're doing some of these properties they haven't done. They've owned these properties for ten years and they didn't do anything with them ever. And we're gonna do a mini, and the mini was in demand. I think because a lot of people were like, wow, for the first time, I can play Turbo Graphics 16 games on somewhat of like the same controller. Because remember, the Turbo Graphics in North America, no one cared about it uh, for the most part. It, it was it was uh, popular for a cup of coffee. Like, for, like, a year, people were kind of into it. Then Genesis Super 10, I want to die out a year and a half. Um, that, to me, was great because it, let, it, it, was, a not, it was an educational tool, that mini, uh, for people to learn about the yeah. game, get into it, and be like, wow, there's some great games on here. Not saying the Jaguar has the same amount of great games as it doesn't, but there's some interesting games that came out in the Jaguar that people should play and check out. The Coleco, the Atari, the Jaguar, they're all things that I would want to see minis of because it's interesting to learn about even if not all the games are great and you don't want to sink the money into learning about it on real hardware yes now they could put every single game uh, that ever released on the mini because there are only about 50 games released for the jaguar not counting the cd you could literally if you wanted to because uh there's a lot of uh there's first party games a chunk of first party i'd say about half uh, our first party. And then there's some ocean games. There's some Ubisoft games like Rayman on here. You can probably get the rights to there's some Activision stuff on here. You could probably U S gold. Those games aren't really worth that much. Uh, the games that came out of, out of Europe, you could probably honestly get the rights to every single game and have it released. Maybe the rights to uh, alien vs predator be, would be weird. That's the one because yeah. of, because of the movie lies, but you could probably make a go of it, Ian, which would be interesting at almost an interesting selling point. You're going to get every game that ever came out on this mini. Yeah. All fifth like that, that would be really freaking cool. And I think from the notoriety of that, you could sell some. However, emulation on the Jaguar is really bad because of the, the insane double 32 bit architecture. Yeah. This and the N64 are probably the worst consoles to emulate because of, because of the architecture. And I told you about how, how bad the N64 emulation is overall. Um, this is worse than that. Because of that, 
Another reason why this this would sell well is because the emulation is bad, is because the consoles have gone up, the original consoles, because people want to play them. Consoles are so expensive. Several hundred dollars just for the console. 350 was the last price at Luna. And that was probably low compared to now. Probably. If I, if I looked at it now. Um, so I'll look at it real quick. So because of all that, the, the games, people should play Alien vs. Predator. Uh, people should play Breakout 2000. Cybermorph just for shits and giggles. Uh, stuff like their version of Doom, just for the hell of it. You yeah. Know, uh, you know, their Double Dragon 5, look at, they had they had Flashback on there. They had Kasumi Ninja. The fighting game was interesting. They had Iron Soldier games, which some people are into. Uh, I, I, for, I forgot. They had NBA Jam Tournament Edition. I'd be interested wow, in playing I, I forgot about that, I would too. be interested in playing that just to see how awful it is or how it plays. Uh, you know, games like Raiden are on there. It's, it's kind of fu- hard to fuck up Raiden, but we'll see. Theme Park, good old White Men Can't Jump. Uh, they had a version of Worms on there. So, again, there's good old Zoop was on there. So there's some interesting stuff on there. I think that would – I would definitely purchase it. Sure. HDMI, give me uh, the controller. Make it, make it Maybe make it uh, the same adapter as a regular controller. If you can find one, I'd be good to go on that. I think it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it would be good. Agreed. Uh, any other ones that you can think of? That's pretty. That's the main yeah, one that, to me. That covers it. Why is it all Atari stuff and then Coleco, I guess? Uh, like I said, for me, I like exploring well, those libraries, but I might only want to spend a few minutes on each game. Like it's that's fun. Who the hell owns the rights to all those Manavox uh, Odyssey two games? I wonder. <laughs> that would be a cute little mini just for the. Have, have any, has anything been done with Odyssey two games ever? I mean, ever has there ever been a, a compilation put out, re release? Is there any, nothing's been done with Odyssey so. two? That's kind of su- surprising. I guess does Magnavox still own all, all those games? Is what is Magnavox been doing nowadays? I should should I should I should I get the rights and put out put out a mini? Yeah. That would that be the CU console? Uh, Magnavox is, is still around, so I mean they must own the rights to that stuff. Yeah, I mean I looked it up. There's no real compilations or anything like that. Okay, well that'll be the next one we, we, we do, Ian. We got voice messages, Ian. Oh, we do. You go to Anchor.fm/slash the CU podcast. You go. <laughs> you leave a voice message. Uh, it doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be a long one. You know, you don't have to, you know bloviate too much. You just you know, you get in, you get out, and you tell us that you that you know you got something interesting to, to ask. Hey Pat, hey Ian, this is Max calling from Edison, New Jersey. Pat, I'm so sorry for calling New Jersey the armpit of the country. Oh. It's great. <laughs> How about we talk it over some friendlies in Metuchen? Maybe around too many games. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. Well, that that's in that's in Jersey, uh, Metuchen. So like, there is a couple of friendlies probably around Pennsylvania. Too many games. So. You can buy me a peanut butter cup someday. Let's make it up to me, Max, at some point. <laughs> hey, Pat and Ian. John from Ireland here. So for the three guidebooks, what are some games that you had to review that you hadn't played before that you had to play for either the longest amount of time or the shortest amount of time until you had to figure out what rating you wanted to give the game? Okay, about questions about rating times versus playing. Uh, I mean, I'll just, I'll just use the N64 book because that's the last one that, that's been written. All the reviews are written. This other stuff's being written right now. Um, Carmageddon was the longest. And I talked about it. I was like eight to nine hours. That was hell on earth. Right. Playing through the entirety of Carmageddon. Like, that was awful. And then a, a game like uh, the arcade compilations, I mean, that's like, I've played all those arcade games before. You play each one for like five, ten minutes, see how it plays, making sure it's there. You're not playing. You don't have to do all the key, all the keys, 256 keys in, 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 in Pac-Man, you know. And then that's probably the easiest ones. Like, that's like the gamut of like compilations are the easiest a difficult, awful game like that that's overly long would be like the worst. Sure. For me. Something like Rogue Squadron would be in the middle because that's like, it's not short, but it's enjoyable. It's tough, but like, 
that was probably like four hours, I think, Rogue Squadron, maybe. Something like that. Sure. Uh, next one here. Pat, Ian, Dan from Tampa. Hey, Dan. I was just curious, Pat, since I've been following your career since you appeared on AVGN, uh, who exactly is Frank? How do you know him? And why does he hang out with your nerd asses? Wow. You know what? Well, I was going to tell you, but after that insult, uh, Dan, I think I'll just uh, keep it to myself there, Dan. All right. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Alan from California. Hey, you know, with Pat, all of Pat's talk about um, Knight Rider recently, it reminded me something uh, um, I wanted to bring up but forgot about. Um, on YouTube, there's this group called the Knight Rider Historians, and um, they do a lot of research into different props and even collect them and even some of the vehicles used in the show. And one of the most recent acquisitions was the Semi from Seasons 3 and 4. Wow. And uh, they're doing a full restoration for it, and they have a GoFundMe for it. I uh, just wanted to plug that since it hasn't gotten too much um, attention from the mainstream, and really hope that that project succeeds. So uh, make sure uh give me a spot to plug something I'm not even involved with. Here it is. Did it reach its goalie? Or is it still? No. They need 40000 They've raised 5458 oh, That's too bad. Yeah. I want someone to get the full one with the full Night Industries, you know, where he pulled yeah, yeah. up in with the computer stuff. You know, it was a set. Uh, that was Remember, that was pre-Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter might have ripped that off from from Knight Rider potentially. Oh, that's what I've been. I, that, I, I believe that's what I was told was that like the the truck part was. Oh, sure. Yeah, the weapons van. Yep. Uh, next one here. Ian, Pat, this is Chris from Boulder, Colorado. Hi, Chris. Been listening to you guys for years. Recently, I've been going back and listening to all your podcasts from number one. I'm on episode 69 right now, and nice. just wanted to remind you guys something that's freaking hilarious is uh, when you guys go, limited, call in right now. We're going to throw in 10 fish fillet knives. I love you guys. Keep doing the good work. Bye. Well, the knife guy was not was not the card guy. The, no. I, the knife guy was a different guy. The guy selling the samurai sword stuff. Uh, I think Don West might have crossed over. He crossed over. I, I, I think I he remember, might have crossed over. I remember a over. younger guy selling the swords and knives. I do too, but I, 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 and granted, my memory on it is very hazy. We're talking 94. We're trying to remember 95. Yeah, uh, but I thought I thought Don West kind of did a little bit of everything for a while. Okay. I think he was kind of like a QVC <laughs> pinch hitter. You were yeah. a utility man? Yeah, okay, yeah. sell this. Sell, okay. <laughs> Yeah, the knife the knife sets we don't talk about. No one needs that many knives. It was like you get thirty seven different knives for like seventeen dollars somehow. It, it, <laughs> you ever see someone cut themselves? I have on the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't remember seeing that in the show. Like trying to put the knife back in. Yeah, there's. I've, I mean, little nicks and stuff oh, like sure. that. But like that, it was like it was like the amount of knives you see at the booth at the flea market. You know, like, oh, oh, yeah, 20 bucks, you get 17 knives. It's like, what? Wh- the f- why? I was like, where do you get these knives from? It's just one for in between each finger. Like, it was like the you said those martial arts stores, like in the indoor snack. In, did your indoor flea market have like a martial arts store? My, yeah, of mine. Course. yeah, of so course. it's like, oh, you can get it, you can get ninja knives, <laughs> throwing stars, grappling hooks. They had size yes. the, the, the cow trumps that you put on the ground, yeah, that people could step on and, and get impaled on their just feet. Just use Legos, just use like, oh, that's ooh, that leaves a mark, doesn't yeah. make you bleed, but you, you want to die after that. 
Hey, Patney, and this is Rodney from Asheville, North Carolina again. Uh, this question is mostly for Pat, but Ian, if you want to chime in, please feel free. I uh, would love to hear your opinion on this subject. Um, Pat, you've mentioned in the past that you have fenced in college. I, too, fenced in college, and it helped me find my avenue uh, into the wider world of sword fighting, and I am currently a knight in the Society for Creative Anachronism for what that's worth, $5, and that will get me a cup of coffee. Wait, 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 hold on. You're like, you're like a knight? In creative anachronism. It's like, it's like, it's not quite LARPing, but it's like, rec- it's, it's, it's like recreation. Are those of- the ones that recreate like jousting and hitting each other and they like, oh, you hit my arm like a Yeah, it's like thing. Renaissance Fest okay. shit and stuff like okay. that. But anyway, anyway, are there any particular swords in video games that you find particularly cool or interesting or, you know, noteworthy? Ah, uh, the katana ninja guy is so satisfying. That the, the sound of the, the katana is great. Uh, for me, two two swords at least visually that I love: uh, uh, Cloud's Buster Sword, um, and the uh, sword I, I've I, I I've loved it since I was a kid. The sword on the cover of Zelda Two. Don't ask me why. Now I think about it, the white sword in Legend of Zelda was my favorite sword. I loved that it was. White. I loved it when I was a kid. I loved too. that it was white because yeah, it was unique because of that. Yeah. And whenever I got the master sword, I was sad. Yeah. Because the master sword was more powerful. Didn't look as didn't look as nice. Yeah. Didn't look as cool. There's, 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 yeah. The white sword looked great. It did. It looked great. It looked awesome. White and blue. I mean, that's a, it looked like it looked like a toy sword. It's fantastic. Basically. <laughs> Bring back the the white sword. Can the white sword get some play in some of these games? Is the white sword in, in Breath of the Wild? I doubt it. Master sword gets too much shine. White sword. It's like the peanut butter uh, Twix. No one or toss. They don't make them anymore. I found out. Much to my fucking horror, because I haven't had one in forever. Hey, what's up, guys? Mason from West Virginia here again. Um, just a quick question. If Pat and Ian were to be Mario Kart DLC characters, uh, what would you like your carts to look like? Um, well, what do I use in the game when I play? I forget. I haven't played Mario Kart now in like a couple of years. I would want um, mine to look like a little Jurassic Park Jeep. Jurassic Park Jeep? Yeah, that's what I would want. <laughs> You ever see the one they have at the conventions they, they, yeah. they bring around? Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's great. They bring around to some of them. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good, that's a good one. I got to think about that. How, how about how about a... Um, uh, what was the, the, three, the three-wheeled little guy? When we, when it was red, yellow, and blue. That, that you sat on the ground and you pedaled. Why can't I think oh, of the like name? a big wheel? A big wheel. Yeah. Why can't sure. I think of a big wheel? Sure. A big wheel. The, the, the OG big wheel I had as a hand-me-down from my, my sister got it at a yard sale and I had it. And we didn't have the, the back part. We didn't have the, the seat part in the back, you know, what you leaned against. So that wasn't in with the peg holes. We didn't have that. I'll right, do a few more here. Hey, guys. Uh, Chris from North Carolina here. I think I've heard you talk at some point about license games that should have existed. Oh, sure. And I'm curious, are there any properties that you personally wish could have gotten a license game? Uh, for me, it's definitely the Brave Little Toaster animated kids movie from 1987. You've never seen the Brave Little Toaster? No. It's so good. And if it got just an absolutely broken garbage game, I would love playing every minute of it. Uh, thanks. Have a good one. Um, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. There should there should have been a Highlander the series game. There should have been a Bloodsport game. Um, that would have been with our, that would have been like like the, there was a Highlander game that was on like the, the like the Commodore sixty four that was awful. That would have been the Bloodsport game. It would have been like in Europe they got so many weird uh, properties uh, for like the computer games that didn't come out here. It would have been like ended up there. Would have been yeah. like, would have been like Frank Dukes against uh, uh, like like uh, 
Paco, and then again, it'll be like a three tier sort of thing. That's mm-hmm. it. Like one out would have been cheap as hell. Oh yeah. What, what console? Let's see. Would have been the eighties, late eighties. Yeah. And and, and NES uh, Bloodsport that kind of we'll like put it on Jam. the Apple two. Put on the Apple two. Put it on the Apple two. Good old one button. Was there two buttons on Apple? II? I think it's just one just button. One. Oh, it's, one, two. It's two. There was two. I think there's two buttons on the Apple two. Yeah, most yeah most computers had two buttons. My understanding is the Amiga only had one. Really? I could be wrong on that. Someone let me know, but I remember people saying like the Amiga had like great graphics and stuff for games, but like a lot of the games were tougher to do because I because of like, maybe it was that. two buttons, but it was limited. Hey guys, this is Duffy from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm Louisville. curious as to what TV show, old or new, you think would make a phenomenal game that hasn't been done before, and why? Oh, Thanks. did you did you did you and Chris coordinate this question? Is it a licensed uh, TV show? I'm kind of shocked that it was there was one on the computer. I think I really needed an NES Price is Right game more than you possibly can imagine. Out of all the game shows that uh, shows that came out on there, Classic Concentration was on there, but you didn't do Prices Right, which was a lot more popular. I think that would have been the, a, a game that would have done very well on the NES or Super Nintendo. Like a Super Nintendo, that would have been a fantastic fucking game. You could have had like twelve mini games basically, and do, and done the wheel spin because they had the digitized graphics by that point. You sure. could have, you could have done that, and I think that would have been a hit. Um, for me, I'll I'll go to a couple of cartoons that were were popular, um, particularly DreamWorks stuff. The DreamWorks uh, Voltron reboot, oh, sure, and the DreamWorks uh, DreamWorks uh, Shira uh, reboot. Okay. Um, both of them would have been extraordinarily uh, prime for like video game topics. A lot of action, a lot of story, adventure, storyline. A lot more modern game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and you can make a lot more. You could. You know, definitely flesh out levels and all sorts of student s- stuff to do in it. They did make one Voltron game, but I don't can't remember if it was based on the new Voltron. But it was just like an overhead, like twin stick shooter thing, and didn't look particularly good at all. Um, twin stick shooter adventure game came out 2011. Okay, so, so that's that before might... the, before the new series, right? Mm, let me see. When Voltron. did the new series come out? No, oh, that was after 2011. Um, a twin stick shooter Voltron game. So yeah, it was just you, a waste. So you just the lines individually. You don't ever form up into the into that. I honestly, I don't know. Came out in PS3 and uh, 360, published by THQ. Not the best scores. Yeah, no, it got really bad scores. So I cannot believe there's only been one Voltron game ever. I, the Famicom didn't have one. I know. Legendary Defender. Uh, it, let's see. Because they had Transformers on Famicom, not on, not on the NES, which was like shocking in of itself. But I guess by the late '80s, it was dying out. Uh, when was this fucking made? Yeah, I do do uh, do one or two more here. Yeah. Oh yeah, it went from June 2016, so that other one was not based yeah. on. Yeah. I watched the first. I still haven't finished. Is that finished, Voltron? I watched the first. It's, it's done. Honestly, it's not. I, the first four seasons are great. I couldn't keep track. They were putting out a season every five months. I couldn't just keep up with it. Uh, everything else after that's pretty rocky. But I really did like the first four How seasons. How many episodes were like? 50 episodes? I think it's like 52 total. Okay. Like, the, the overall, it was good? I mean, I saw the first couple. There was I a lot. It. Like I said, there was a lot of stuff I liked about it, but it, sure. it did not finish strong. There were 78 episodes. Holy that's the shit. That's the longest one they did. I, uh, Avatar, I think, actually was close. Anyway, whatever. Hi, Pat and Ian. This is Yasin from Germany speaking. I oh. recently went to an arcade slash video game museum, and for the first time in my life, I probably played a flipper machine. There were a couple of ones, including 
uh, Terminator 2 and and an Adams Family one. But my favorite one was an Indiana Jones flipper machine from Williams, I think, in 1993. That's right. I just wanted to ask what your opinion was of that flipper machine and love it. what some of your favorite ones are. I love that Indiana Jones machine um, because... You don't have to deal with the the awful fourth movie being included on the on the newer one. The newer machine's uh, just dog shit, anyways. Um, it's not. It's not that good. that and and that's a Star Wars Williams machine or the best versions of those. I'd rather play that versus the newer Star Wars one. I didn't love the new Star Wars one. Um, I did the Star Wars one three times. That's right. Um, that the, I love those two machines, and they came out about the same year, I believe, ninety three ish. Did they do Star Wars three times? I thought it was just the day to East Star Wars, and then we got the stern one that sucked. I thought there was one in between. I thought there was another one. I, I there was, oh, I, there was the well, there was the uh, Phantom Menace one. I thought there was one in between, but okay. Oh, okay. Either way, either way, um, those are brilliant machines, both of them. I love both those machines with my heart um, because, like, the mini games and modes are so fun. Um, I love the Death Star target on on that ninety three machine. It's, it's Problem with so, the ninety three machine is yeah. the rules suck, but it's a beautiful. I think it looks great. It looks the era the and like the layout's great. fun. Uh, the, the the shooter button on the side going up and down, like it, I love it. And the Indiana Jones one is fun because all the modes in it, all, all three movies. It's it's because it, there's enough for all three movies in there. It's great. The Indiana Jones one is really fun. I like it a lot. That's a gun. Um, it's it's not among my favorites, but I'll play it anytime I see it. Oh sure. Um, the uh, Adam's Family by Pat Lawler is is generally considered to be. An all-time classic. I really like it. And Terminator 2, uh, that's a Steve Ritchie machine. A lot of fun. Um, Really like that one. Some of my favorites of all time, uh, of modern stuff, I am 100% in love with Jurassic Park, and I really do like Godzilla. Um, But my heart lies in older machines. I really like Centaur, uh, Fathom, 8-Ball Deluxe, all classic Bally's. Um, I like playing Taxi. Uh, Taxi's a lot of fun. So, I mean, I have tons of favorites, but those oh. all three of those machines you played are great machines. We got to do two more. We have a response to yes. to Tommy from last week. Yes. It sounds like we have to play that. We can't wait on this one. I might have been uh, <laughs> I might have been alerted. <laughs> don't don't break fourth walls again. Balsamic vinegar is a very dark, concentrated, and intensely flavored vinegar originating in Italy. And let me tell you, that was an extremely dark and intensely vinegar-sounding call that was directed towards me. Listen, I don't know why anyone's talking about coming home to me in your voicemails of all places, but as flattered as I am, I am not interested. Thank you saying I talk too much. Fox means voice. It's literally my name. You know, I wasn't going to call in for a while because even though I ask really good questions, I have been told that I can be, at times, a bit much. It's like the boot from Super Mario Brothers 3. Everyone loves the boot. The boot's the best. But if the boot showed up in every stage, it'd be too much. You'd get sick of the boot, and that would be a tragedy. You know what else is a tragedy? Aging men making garbage products in a desperate attempt to clean the relevance. Putting a poor girl like me on defensive like this. No wonder that ski <laughs> Wow. All right. Vox coming back strong. Yes. That was a good one. Wow. The more, more more Jersey in that one yep. than I thought. <laughs> and then we hear back from uh, someone here. 
Hey guys, real sorry about putting out that Amico update exactly one second after you did your podcast. I know it's crazy how that keeps happening. But I heard that podcast, and I gotta say, Pat, I don't know why you let Ian talk to you like that. What a dick. And then he has the nerve to say, Pat, you always take things way too personally. I said, would you listen to this gaslighting? Pat, don't let him silence your truth. Okay? He's scared to death of you realizing your own self-worth. Because he knows that once that happens, he's going to get kicked to the curb. But that won't stop him. He'll keep coming back. So, Pat, what you're going to do is, next time he's over there doing the podcast, just pick a good time when he's not paying attention real quick. You grab his laptop off the table and just bash it over his head. Over and over again. And he's going to tell you to stop. But, Pat, listen to me. Don't you stop. Don't you stop till that man doesn't even remember who you are. But I don't want to cause any troubles. Just go with your heart. Bye. Wow. Tommy trying to divide and conquer there, Tommy. Good attempt there, uh, Tommy. Those, those, those were the last two voicemails were very good. Those are that was a good that was a good session. That was a good session, Ian? Yeah. Well, this is a fun senior podcast. I mean Yeah, I'm gonna go home and have my monk pack bar. Oh, use code CU podcast, save 20%. That's right. <laughs> and then I'm going to get to work. Uh, I'm going to get to work uh, immediately. I'm going to have some sam- salmon or tuna for lunch. I forget if I have any salmon. I think I have salmon left. If you got salmon left, go salmon. I love salmon. Oh, salmon's so good. It's so good. It's the good fat. I love it. The good fat's good for you. That's what they, good fat is really good for you. Fucking love salmon. Um, I, I tried eating the red salmon, the sockeye salmon. Yeah. I don't like it as much because there's no there's less fat. In it. It's a lot more dense, more protein, but like... I don't like it as much. Yeah, no, nah, I'd probably but want the, it wasn't, the fattier it wasn't, piece. It wasn't terrible, at, like, but the regular Atlantic salmon is... If you ever have a sockeye, it's, it's like really red versus like the orangey tint. Of it's like thing. every once in a while I like getting that extra lean ground beef, but I feel like if you're going to make something truly delicious, you need at least an 80-20. Yeah, well, salmon, I don't know what the proportion sure. is. No, I mean, obviously. Yeah. I'm just saying. But again, that's a good fat. Uh, it's bad fat with the meat, with the garbage meat, but um, right. yeah, no, it's really good. I usually have it over lettuce with oil and vinegar. An Italian seasoning, the, McCor- the McCormick OG Italian seasoning that my grandma used to put on the salads. That's the one that I noticed. You have I have a big bottle of it because a little pinch goes a long way in a lot of stuff. But you have the you have like the restaurant size bottle. That's all I found. So I'm going to start filling up I, the, the medium size one. I'm going to start filling up. With the, I bought two big ones on Amazon. I'm going to start filling it up. Allow me to recommend uh, if you like the the McCormick big bottle spices, uh, get yourself big. some Montreal seasoning. Montreal seasoning? What's Montreal name? steak seasoning is it's been around for a while. Uh, it is coarse salt, coarse black pepper, uh, dried garlic, dried onion, and a little red pepper. And it's okay. just like in a, it's just like a great all-purpose seasoning. Blend. Okay, and it's good on salmon. That's what made me think oh. of it. I I like well, it on salmon. Well, I can buy the um, seven pounds one uh, that they, McCormick has seven pounds for twenty five dollars. <laughs> That's a lot of Montreal McCormick seasoning. Look, look at this. Look, look at that. <laughs> Maybe start with um, just this tiny bottle and see if you like but it. If you first. want a refill, just dunk it in, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Seven pounds. Or maybe I can um, bring you a little baggie of it okay. next week. They, to try. they have a 1.8 pound one for $14. You got to buy seven pounds for double the price. You're losing money. Yeah, it's like stealing. It's like stealing, as, as Frank would say. Um, a seven, is that restaurant seven pounds? Yeah, that's a restaurant. You refill size. all the little ones? Or you just, or the no, you it. just you, you use it for rubs and seasoning and stuff like that. Seven pounds? That's yeah. That's the one that you used to eat at the, at, like at the frat house, like that. You'd order things like that, like yeah. gigantic ones. From, like, you can't get those in stores. You get them from like a distributor or whatever. You probably get them at Costco or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right, Ian. You're good. holding out of me. I I, I eat steak about 
once every oh, 10 days. The I, point is, though, it's yeah. not. It, it, it's He's good for everything. I like it on uh, salmon. I like it on chicken. I, I definitely like it on steak or in burgers. It's good in burger meat. I only buy steaks if they're on sale. I buy either the sirloin when it's on sale for like $9 a pound or the New York Strip. Is, boneless New York Strip steak is so freaking good. Now I see why people pay $90 for steaks. When I go to uh, a steakhouse, I, 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 I literally cannot ever consider ordering something other than a New York Strip because I love a New York Strip so much. So the New York Strip goes on sale for like $13 a pound, so you're paying like $7 for them. I'm like, that's worth it. It's, the, 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 it's insane. It has the fat on the side. Yeah, I love so that. it cooks up real good and you mm-hmm. just cut it off. Oh. Love a strip. All right, that's it for the podcast. Yep. I'm hungry. This is fun. I got to go. We'll see you later. Bye.